This is section 67 of Mark Twain's Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Two Dinner Speeches Lotus Club Dinner for Mark Twain, New York, November 11th, 1893 Read by John Greenman I have seldom in my lifetime listened to compliments more felicitous, nor praise so well bestowed. I return thanks for them from a full heart and appreciative spirit, and I will say in self-defense that while I am charged with having no reverence for anything, I have a reverence for a man who can say such things as your genial president, and I also have a reverence, deep and sincere, for a club that can confer upon one, so confessedly deserving such distinguished tribute of respect. To be the chief guest on an occasion like this is something to be envied, and if I read human nature correctly to-night, I am envied. I am glad to see a club in these palatial quarters. I knew it twenty years ago when it was in a stable, and later when it was in a respectable house, but nothing so fine as this. I am glad to see it is renewing its youth, and I hope it may be continued to the end, and I hope I shall be there. Now, when I was studying for the ministry, there were two or three things that struck my attention particularly. One was that unfortunate procedure that was introduced with the first banquet recorded in history, and which has been universally followed down to this present moment. I refer to the annoying custom of making the guest of the evening hop on his feet first. In the first banquet recorded in history, that other prodigal son who had come back from his travels, as I have done, was notified to stand up and say his say. But that was unfair. If he had been left alone until his brethren, David, Goliath, and uh, the rest of them, had spoken, and if he had had as much experience as I have had, he would have waited until those other people got through talking. We know what happened. He got up and testified to all his failings. He gave himself away. Now, if he had waited before telling all about his riotous living until the others had spoken, he might not have given himself away as he did. And I am afraid I shall give myself away if I go on. Uh, my history is plenty well enough known already. I never wish to add anything to it. Now that you know how I feel about this matter, I will sit down and give the others a chance. If they talk too much, then I will get up and explain, and if I cannot do that, I'll deny it ever happened. 
besides i don't feel well enough to talk any more i have been in training with the democratic party and the events of last tuesday have sort of undermined my political health you can imagine i don't feel very robust i feel as i do when i see one of those weak-minded young ladies with an extra charge of poetic soul towing a pup around the street when i translate that pup's feelings i feel that in that pup is concentrated the democratic party that ought to be a good excuse now if i may beg your permission i would rather sit down and wait until i find out whether i am a prodigal or a fatted calf after talks by warner dana seth lowe mccalway and general porter some of whom mildly joked the guest of honor there were loud calls for mark twain who made his second speech of the evening i don't see that i have a great deal to explain away i have got off very easily indeed considering the opportunities these gentlemen have had neither mr warner nor president lowe said anything that i can object to but i never heard so many uh, lies as mr mccalway told you i consider myself a pretty capable liar but when he got through i was more than gratified to see how many things he hadn't found out i have been on the continent of europe for two and a half years and i have met many americans there i tell you it is very gratifying that wherever you find americans in europe they have in almost all cases preserved their americanism the american abroad likes to see the flag of his country he likes to see the stars and stripes fluttering proudly in the breeze in those two and a half years i met only one american lady to be ashamed of that is a very good record that woman glorified monarchical institutions and lauded titles of nobility she was entirely lost in them she kept on until it was plain to me that she had forgotten such a country as the united states and such a flag as our flag finally when i could stand it no longer i said we have at least one merit we are not as china is the lady replied that she would like to know what the difference was i answered china forbids a dissatisfied citizen to leave the country thank god we don't i was born a mugwump and i shall probably die a mugwump this selection merely proves what i have contended abroad i have said there that when europe gets a ruler lodged in her gullet there is no help for it but a bloody revolution here we go and get a great big emetical ballot and heave it up end of two dinner speeches 
read by john greenman